0: Here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 How we're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. Thanks, like Glenn Campbell. <laughs> it sounds like, like, come on down to Denials Farm and Market and Auction. Take a peek at Denials. Denials this week. <laughs> 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 That's what it sounded like. Anyway, all right. So I am just speaking. Mike's other one. All right. This week we are doing the Dark Tower. Stephen, uh, no, the Stephen King adaptation. We will talk about that fine film and. Uh, my Flick of the Week, which is going to be the Netflix original Ozark. I should be writing this shit down, huh? And then, uh, are you doing one this week? Explorers. All right. we already You already did Explorers. I did? Fuck yeah, you did. I did. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what else did you talk about? You, you want to talk about Pickle Rick again? <laughs> I turns myself into a Pickle Morty! <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: going to flip me over. Flip you over. You're going to tell me it's... It's an alien dick or something.
0: <laughs> Just flip me over, Morty. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Uh, is, so, you're going to stick with Explorers? I thought I'd... I'd... Explorers, read you. Yeah. Uh, One way or another, we talked about Explorers. because We might have done an Idea Men for it. No. I know we didn't do an Idea Men for it, but... Or, you know, like, why don't they? Um, <sighs> I watched
1: a couple of movies, but... do? Uh, what, what was on last night?
0: Preacher. Uh, no. People of Earth.
1: No. There's like there's like Aragon and Dragonheart and all this other shit that was on.
0: Dragon Season or what? No. I had Explorers
1: on, then there was there was a bunch of fucking movies that I watched in the past couple of days. I can't remember them.
0: And yeah, you still aren't caught up on Game of Thrones, man. Yeah,
1: so what? I didn't get home till fucking midnight. I always suck my butt.
0: I was Game of Thrones, man. It's uh it's taken over as my favorite show it. At-
1: yeah, I've got to catch up on it. Just, it's it's one of those things.
0: Yeah oh. I heard this season's Only gonna be seven episodes
1: Yeah this is like This season and the next season And the last season
0: Yeah So the like next season's only gonna be It's not even gonna be ten episodes I don't think or something And this one's only seven It, I, Shit dude I, I want to complain But It's Fuck it They know what they're doing So I won't mind a question Yeah It's just me wanting more
1: Oh by the way The title of the book Gives away the whole fucking Gives away the whole series
0: What a song of fire and ice Uh huh well, yeah, it's those two coming together. Yeah, yeah.
1: There you go. All right. Spoiler alert:
0: Incest is the best.
1: All relative.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that watches I got to think of a fucking
1: movies. movie, dude. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about pickle Rick. You
0: want to talk about pickle Rick?
1: We are gonna talk about pickle Rick because because <laughs> it's fucking it's a great episode.
0: All right, so we'll talk about pickle Rick and a couple news shits and and then maybe we'll talk about everything else too, Morty. Oh, okay, Rick. Take it away. Summer. Take it away. I
1: already said it. What are you waiting for? I already said it. I know. I just wanted to. I, hey. Hey. Hey, hey. Talk, jerk. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> Hold on a second. I got something to say. About Pickle Rick? No. I killed your baby today. Um, so we moved to from SoundCloud to whatever, and then there was news that came out that these two companies just bought SoundCloud more than 50% of the uh. stock. I don't
0: care. MySpace got bought up too. Do you see a rehash of that?
1: Well, here's the thing. With SoundCloud, I don't care because those two companies that bought it are foreign companies. Yeah. And... Are they Abu Dhabins? No. One of them is, and another one is a Singapore company.
0: Dude, those fuckers have so much money that they fly jetpacks around the fucking city.
1: So what? I don't care. That's Abu Dhabi money. So, the... Um, the reason why I moved from SoundCloud cuz I don't buy into the build anymore. They 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 wasted all their money and then these two investors come in and save SoundCloud at the last minute. And guess what's going to happen?
0: Like like hostess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly, like hostess. They're going to fucking they're going to kill the company. Yeah. And divest it. And that's what's going to happen. They're going to fucking destroy this company. So, I'm glad I I'm glad I left when I did. Yeah. But so moving over to podiant podiant or podiant or whatever it is and
0: i'm pretty sure they'll call it pod or a uh, podiant cuz you got to have the pod in there cuz it's podcast yeah and
1: it, 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 i keep looking at the uh, the statistics and it keeps changing every every day it's like now we only have 5 subscribers but we had 33 yesterday and but okay. the downloads don't
0: rats are jumping ship no it,
1: people don't unsubscribe it's they're working. The statistics have to work themselves out.
0: I'm not worried the about algorithms it. on crack.
1: So I'm just letting it, letting it rot. I'm I'm letting it just happen. Anyways, back on July of 2016, we got a, we got a review on iTunes.
0: Holy shit.
1: Nam, Nami and Nguyen. Now I've already talked about this guy to Joe, but I have to read this. This is so fucking awesome. This is a pretty poor excuse. Oh, by the way, Stop me when you want to, you know, comment on this whole thing, okay? Okay. This is a pretty poor excuse for a movie discussion show. It's a couple of very whiny guys being such hypocrites, it's laughable. They're so inconsistent from review to review. Here's what I mean. In the review of the movie Warcraft, they admit that movie adaptations don't need to follow the source material exactly, which is not true. What I said is, Movie adaptations need to follow the source material, but it's okay to make changes in some cases. Yeah. As long as they are not fundamentally changing the characters. Yeah. They admit that movie... Okay, so uh, source material, exactly. They show appreciation for CGI and how far it's developed to get to where where it is now, and they talk about how the unfair critics don't get it, hence the undeserved low movie review scores. Sounds reasonable, right? But then... For other movies, superhero movies, for example, they crap all over the movie for using CGI, for not directly adapting the story from comics, all while getting details from the comics all wrong. Okay, I'm I, sure.
0: He actually went through enough of our shows to get that?
1: Yeah. So, so we get the details wrong for the comics that this guy is talking about, but he's not specific about what details we got wrong. Yeah. Okay. I see where we're going with this, by the way, because this guy is a professional reviewer-reviewer, okay. if you look at it the way he wrote this. Uh-huh. <laughs> as far as the Warcraft thing goes and how unfair the critics don't get it, the critics don't get it because they expect the movie to be Warcraft, World of Warcraft, where it starts off with Warcraft, orcs versus humans. Yeah, That's where that comes from. As far as movie, as far as the superhero comics and stuff like that. Now, I have to go back and listen to all of our shows between now and fucking, you know, 2015. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that I have said, and Joe has said explicitly, I don't read the comics, so I can't comment on how they do it from this to this, but I can tell you that there is something missing. Yeah. Because you've always said that. And I've, I've always said... And we also look it up. So the details that we look up are wrong. So if anybody is listening to the show and they have any problems with it, fucking comment. Yeah. Let us know where we made the mistake so that we can fix this. But we also, I mean, I sit here at my computer and I'll dial in the website. I'll dial in the Wikipedia just to go along and make sure that everything that we're talking about has substance.
0: Dude, there was one time where I wrote a review for some movie that we saw and I, I had an assumption about, about it in right. one way or another. I can't remember what it was. And I had written almost half of the review. Right. And then I was doing research as I was writing the review. And then I realized that everything I had just said was fucking wrong. And someone would have called me out on it big time. Right. And so I fucking had to restart the whole thing again.
1: So, so the details on the comic stuff that we're talking about aren't wrong. Huh? So
0: I do research. So the guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah. If, I So look, fuck you, buddy. I know when to use the proper context with it. And yeah, it, whatever, right? And we don't crap
1: all over movies for using CGI. We crap over movies that have shitty plot. And rely on CGI to tell the story. In, exactly. Such as Jupiter Ascending.
0: <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Um, uh, I think The Last Witch Hunter relied on visuals over story yeah. telling. Uh,
1: what else? We just saw it um valerian valerian any movies that are like valerian or jupiter ascending or the last witch hunter or yeah. anything else like that so obviously we touched the f- we triggered something with this guy mm-hmm. who obviously liked these movies and we didn't yeah so uh all while getting details from the comics all wrong so he w- he would he knows all this and saying that the c- low critic scores are correct that the dumb audiences only enjoy the movie because they're stupid yeah complacency yeah. We've always talked about that. Just because it's new and everybody goes and sees these fucking stupid movies and gives a fucking rave reviews, yeah. Just because of, we're allowed to
0: disagree with that. The Academy's predictable. I'm sorry, the critics are predictable with the, with their the way that they do things. You know, I'll give you an example. If a movie is different and it has like foreign actors in it, they think, oh, that's that. Oh, well, yeah, that's definitely a top top of the year pick, right? Like, say that movie Lion from last year with Dev Patel. Uh-huh. That movie's a, it's an okay movie, but it's not a best picture movie. Just because you have a guy story about a guy who's you know Indian, and he has he goes back to his country trying to find his mother, you know that he lost like like three decades prior to or whatever it, you know it's a cool it's a nice story, but it's not a best picture movie. You know it's not just like with Slumdog Millionaire from two thousand eight. You know is is Slumdog Millionaire a good movie? Yes, I do believe it's really a good movie. Is it a best picture winner like it was? No. Okay. It wasn't. It was popular because it was touching on Bollywood and, and the Indian, you know, and, and, and people in India more than that. And Danny Boyle is a popular director for doing independent films. So, it's political. You know what I mean? And that's the problem. Absolutely right. And that's, that's critics. They're predictable. They're political. They're, yeah, trendy. So, let me finish. All right. Okay, you finish. All right.
1: So, this is absolute hypocrisy to an eye-rollingly laughable degree. They should just get the 10-year-old kid who joined them on the Warcraft review to do the whole show because that kid was actually knowledgeable about everything and surprisingly better at reviewing the movie than the two main guys, Mike and Joe. Okay, fair enough. So (laughs) he listened to everything up through World of Warcraft, which means that he listened to the comics and the video game shows. That's what he listened to. Okay. So uh, here we go. Um, Speaking of these two, why is Mike so rude to Joe? I was just listening to that Mike guy all of a sudden get really pissy for some reason. I have no clue why. Well, maybe it's because of whatever Joe said fucking lit something in me. Also, <laughs> it's a goddamn role I'm playing. It's a show. It, you don't even know what goes on behind the scenes, so I'll give you guys a whole look into behind the scenes of what goes on with the show. I'm playing the straight man. We fucking decided that early on in the game. And I played a homo. Yeah, and, and Joe plays Joe. <laughs> and if you... If if you listen to half the shit we do, we end up laughing about it. Mm-hmm. Now, does it need to fucking cut back? Yeah, I need to stop getting angry at Joe because sometimes it is real. Most of the times it isn't. We are going to disagree. We are going to argue. That's how it is because we review movies. We're not critics. Yeah. We review movies. And everything that Joe says, I'm not always going to agree with. And then there'll be something that he says that comes out of his mouth that fucking just makes no sense to me and then I'll try and have him explain it and
0: Luke Skywalker is the last Jedi
1: yeah there you go (laughs) because you're fucking dumb (laughs) alright so Mike suddenly just started complaining on and on about how Joe was yapping over him too much which he does and he whined about the others not listening to him and refused to talk about the movie for a while Joe seemed to be more reasonable of the two because he was trying to get the show back on track while Mike was being a crybaby yes I was did these two guys? Did these guys ever reconcile? Who knows? Who cares? As if I'd ever bother listening to this show again. You listen to enough of the fucking shows to write this goddamn review.
0: I do. I fuck. I'm sorry you don't like us. I. I <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> We're I'm gonna, not worthy, bro. We're not fucking worthy. I'm I gonna guess. tell
1: you a story that surprised the shit out of me. What? Which is, I went to Joe and I said, "I'm fucking tired of the way we do movie reviews." Uh-huh. And and one of the reasons is the whole. Straight man, non straight man thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I brought this up to Joe and I said, I said, because there are certain episodes that I didn't like, I was like, let's re record this episode. And Joe's like, no. I'm like, what do you mean no? He goes, no. No, I don't know if he said no because he didn't want to fucking re record the whole episode.
0: Well, I mean, there, there's always that part. There's the lazy part. But no, this time I knew that it was a good record.
1: Yeah. And, and, it, it, but, I didn't want to put out this re- a recording of one of the episodes that we are doing yeah. because it just turned into me yelling at Joe.
0: Yeah, there was something that we did in the past where I I, I felt like it was shit afterwards and I said let's fucking redo it like it, maybe it was a trivia or or something. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, if I if I think it's shit then I will I'll, I'll put in my, my you know, I'll do my input on right. it. But But Joe's the
1: one that says no. If he doesn't want to do it because and this is what he said because it's funny. Yeah, to him it's funny. If it's funny to him, and he he thought it was he thought it was just you know us, whatever, doing our shtick, which yeah. we were. But for something, you know, in some cases, it's not so much shtick. You know, it it goes from shtick to yeah. Well, there's a personality. A behind. little fucking yeah, a little bit more realistic realism. A lot of realism.
0: It's just like with everything, <laughs> dude. When you write a book or you you, you write a screenplay or. Or something, it's always in one way or another based off of what you know, what you grew up with, whatever. It's just how it is. It's the formative thing, right? So. Well, the other, yeah, but here's the other your thing. Your personality is going to bleed into something like this.
1: We're going to argue. Yeah. That's what it's about. I mean, if you listen to all these shows, I don't think any of them are real. I don't think any of these guys just go in with, with this idea of we're going to do it like this and it's you, me, this and that. Mm. We don't. We have an idea of what we're going to talk about. We know that we're going to do the movie review show. We're not, we know we're going to do this and this and this. But when when I reflect back on the episode, and I've done this quite often, and said, "Hey, let's re-record this," and Joe goes, "No," it surprises me mm-hmm. because if he doesn't want to re if he doesn't want to re-record it, it's because he thinks it's good. It has energy. It's this and that. There are episodes that I felt that didn't have energy. Yeah. And then when he listens to him, he's like, "This is a really good episode." Yeah. But the guy that just left this from last year. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't give us any constructive criticism. He just criticized. It's weird
0: because he took the time to to label out all these things. Yeah. So it's like he put effort into it, but then at the same time he's not he just sounds more like He fucking
1: half assed that effort.
0: I mean like he put a lot of time. You can tell that he spent time on listening to the shows and then talking about it. It just it just seems odd to me that You know, he, I, I, look, I, you told me this a long time ago, don't expect everyone to like, like you cause it's never going to happen. You know, it's just, that's the bottom line. No, you're, no one's ever going to be a hundred percent on anything. So, I mean, look, there's people that look, I think I have a great personality myself and that I can be very funny and entertaining, very cordial, accommodating, but there's people that I can tell after I've met them that I'm not their cup of tea. And I get it. I, I mean, I get it. And I don't get it. You know, it's like, how do you not get me? I'm fucking awesome, right? But at the same time, some people just don't. There's certain like certain actors that rub me the wrong way. I, they could be awesome actors, but I just there's a certain look they give, a certain personality trait, it just is what it is. Yeah. I don't expect everyone to like me.
1: I don't either. I want everyone to like. I the reason why I brought this up is two twofold. First and foremost, the guy's I think the guy's full of shit. Uhhuh. Secondly, I brought it up because it, because it shows the fake of reviews, uh. all reviews, good, bad, doesn't matter, that we persist on or we, we live or die by the review. Now, he only listened to a handful of shows, and the handful of shows that he listened to were obviously the comic sh- movies, yeah. Warcraft, so the video game shows and the comic ones.
0: And he might have also just scanned <laughs> through them. Danny and and he could have lost context because of that,
1: right? So, if he doesn't understand it or he doesn't get the show, that's up to him. Mm-hmm. But this is I've been thinking on this for days because of the way that I wanted to word this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how I write my articles. By the way, I'll I'll sit and I'll think about how I want to write my article. Yeah. My response to this whole thing is this: If there's something wrong, you guys are having a problem with the reviews. There's a better way for us to do it. Give us constructive criticism because we don't know when things are going off the rails. I've gone th- I Joe and I have a fucking weekly meeting every Tuesday. I'm sure Joe's getting sick of them.
0: <laughs>
1: and it's not like a Friday morning meeting where we have to do this, but I want to talk I we talk about subjects. Mm-hmm. We argue about shit and then and then we pr- prep the show. Yeah. But if we don't know the problem with what's going on, then we can't fix or make this show better. So don't worry about commenting. If you say this show sucks, no pun intended, <laughs> but if you say this one, this one sucked because of this, then we can understand that. This sucked because of this. Yeah. Mike is an asshole. <laughs> we get it. We understand that. Yeah. Okay, so Mike's got to change. Mike's got to be more involved or less involved or shut his fucking mouth when he needs to shut his fucking mouth and stop being so opinionated about Joe. That much is true. But it it I mean, we're 240 episodes into this fucking thing, or more, but we're 240 episodes of movies yeah. into this thing, and we're getting nowhere. So we're going to try a couple of different things with the way that we do the movies and make them... Less boring, I do know that one thing that everybody has asked us to do, and I don't do it for a couple of reasons, and I'm working on that, which is put in some sound clips
0: <laughs> I know but you, I get you, it. you've heard my input on' it as well
1: and I get it and we are going to do that, but it's going to take it's going to take a little bit of time. I need to get some equipment, so yes, we are going to add in sound sound bites,
0: <laughs>
1: most of them are going to be pickle Rick. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately yeah, I mean, look, no not really yeah. but it, it, that, but we want to we want to have fun with the show and that's what we're turning it into and at some point we're just going to turn this into a four hour fucking show
0: That you know what as long as we got shit to talk about I got no problem with it yeah
1: and it'll go and in, in the four hour show will be the movie review it'll be this show sucks it'll be the trivia and we'll go from there yeah and whatever else we can spew out at the time and hopefully we can do that five days a week
0: <laughs> yes and uh pay daddy please pay to daddy.
1: Yeah, so that's that's what we want. So if you listen to the show, let us know if there's anything that you find bad with the show. Constructive criticism, please. Yeah,
0: look, I I have no problem with someone telling me they don't like the show as long as they're not an asshole about it. Like I if I'm on social media and I'm and you, someone you can
1: be an asshole about it for all I care.
0: Well, I'm just saying you don't don't expect, you know, it, I I'm not going to be spiteful back if you don't like the show. But if you're an asshole about it, you might get a truthful answer from me, you know, an, an uninhibited answer. You, you know, I Sorry for the noise. Just it, it, like nom, I said, nom, 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 I don't nom. have a problem getting criticism cuz actually criticism helps me to improve myself. So You know, I mean, look, there's plenty of times where I can, I can, I can cipher, you know, I can sift through that shit and see if, if it's a worthwhile comment about me or not, you know, if this person's just full of shit and they're being mean or spiteful or whatever, or if they're actually giving me constructive criticism. I'm smart. I think I'm smart enough to sift through it properly. What do you think? Yeah. All right.
1: I would say so. Yeah. So you just, you know, and the shit, I'll tell you the one thing that really bugs me with, with the Joe stuff and it's becoming, it's becoming a an in, it's a it's a in house joke or whatever it oh. is, is Joe's fucking puns. <laughs> I've got we've gotten used to him, but god damn yeah. it, it kills me.
0: They're all upon you, man. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> all
0: right. So, oh man, man, you don't even give this guy another click, man. I look, it, the, I mean, I'm glad. I, it, it's like one on one hand, I'm I'm happy that the guy sent some feedback. But then on the other hand it's like dude, that's fucked up. I know we're not that fucking bad of a show, okay? I I look <laughs> this sounds like favoritism bias and and part of it is, but there's a lot of times where I would rather listen to our show than anything else I've checked out. It Yeah, there's just, a lot
1: of shows out there that ugh,
0: I have belief in this show and
1: we want to do a live show. The problem with doing a live show is we have to figure out a live show. Yeah. We have, you know, we have to sit there and put together an entire show. Mm-hmm. We already have part of the show put together. We it, already know what we want to do. I know the entire show.
0: There's one time I did something live, and that was in kindergarten, or, no, or first grade. I had to play, uh, uh, who's, who's the guy that, you know, the, the apple, you know. He felt, Steve Jobs. Tri- he tripped on the Newton. apple. He tripped. Yeah, Newton. Where I'm walking along, and I had to trip, you know, fake trip off on an apple.
1: Except the apple fell on his head.
0: And then, well, they didn't have it done that way. They had me trip on the apple. Oh, they
1: had you trip on the apple? Yeah.
0: And then I fell down, and I I, I, and I stand up, and I, I pick up the apple. And then I look at it, and I, I turn my head, and I go.
1: You motherfucker. And
0: I go, hmm. And I go, hmm. Oh, yeah. the director, How dare you, motherfucker? The, yeah, the director's cut, yeah. They, they definitely, <laughs> the motherfucker. director's cut. But otherwise, the, 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 the G-rated fucking <laughs> kindergarten or first grade, whatever it was. Yeah, that was it. I just look at it, and I go, I go hmm. And then I walk off stage while carrying the apple. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dude, it's so fucking loud. That was so goddamn... Pickle Rick! All right. There it is. (laughs) So, yeah. I, I, fucking, you made me lose my train of thought, you son of a bitch. Apple, Newton, director's yeah. cut. Yeah, that's it. That's the only live performance I think I've ever done. And I, that didn't even have any dialogue. So bring it on.
1: I hope they have Pickle Rick. Uh, I hope they have Facebook uh, where you can fa- update your profile yeah. with Pickle Rick.
0: Oh, there's someone that already has that. I've already seen it. Um, Fuck them. On there. Yeah, th- there's people that fucking do that shit instantaneously. Hey. I- that's like when I see new memes for shit. Like people gem- meme generate hella quickly with some shit. Like, oh man, I wish I could have done that. And even though I've got a, I've got a meme generator. All right, you good update. Hey, what's up, Armando Sanchez? Who I, is that? I don't know, but I just made him famous. Oh no, he just commented on a on a a movie feed talking about Big Little Lies on HBO. All right, I put in my input on that shit. All right, so. Are you ready to talk about what we call the Dark Tower? Yeah. I <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do a summary, shall we? Because we want to stay professional and in line with what we do, right? All right. Uh, Idris Elba plays a character named Roland Deschain, who is the last gunslinger. And he's locked in eternal battle with Walter O'Dim, uh, Randall Flagg, fucking Slash, uh, Walter something else too, right? Uh, played by Matthew McConaughey. He's the man in black. Also known as the man in black. (laughs) Also known. I jumped.
1: Matthew McConaughey plays the man in black, also known as.
0: See, what I did right there. The man in white. I jumped ahead on my own summary, and I summarized my summary, and then it made me not feel all right, all right. So, um, let me. uh, (laughs) So, the gunslinger must prevent the man in black from toppling the dark tower. God, it sounds like I'm fucking reading. I hate that shit. From toppling the dark tower. The key that holds the universe together. With the fate of worlds at stake, the two men collide one. in the ultimate battle. Two
1: men enter each other,
0: one man leaves. Between good and evil. That's pretty much my shitty summary. That's what we're going to call it. Boom, there's my sticky shitty summary. <laughs> All right, Shummery. Uh, That, yeah, look we're gonna go from my take first and my take is <laughs> good job my take is this i have not read any of the dark tower series books okay uh there's i believe eight of them and there's connection there's characters in the dark tower series that have there's characters that are that, are, that pop up in other books the shining the uh dr sleep or uh you know fucking it stuff like that um there's some kind of a connected universe with all of these in one way or another by Stephen King. Uh, uh, I, I don't really I ha- I've had a general idea of the Gunslinger series because um, my mom read them, but all I pretty much remember is there's it's kind of like an alternate. On, there's
1: seven books in the series. Uh, okay, so se- se- but there there are offshoot books uh-huh. like uh, I think one of them is called The Wolves of the Cala. Okay. Um, which is still a gunslinger book, but was written after the seven.
0: Okay. Yeah, because written there, after I've the seven original. Two different things. One says it's seven, then another says there's eight. So I. So yeah. Anyway. So this my my. There's
1: the there's the gunslinger. Yeah. The drawing of the three, wizard and glass, which is a kind of a prequel, but still. Yeah. The wastelands, the wolves of the Cala. One, two, three, four, five, six. Song of Susanna, and the Dark Tower. Yeah. And then the, the one after the Dark Tower, which is kind of another prequel, is called The Wind in the Keyhole. And then you have Charlie the Choo Choo. <laughs> see? Look familiar? Okay, yep. Yeah. So.
0: All right. So, yeah. So my perspective on these, even though I know a little bit about the Dark Tower series, um, it's still, I it's based from, I have not read them. So I don't know. But here's the bottom line with this movie for me, is that, this movie is so, I don't know, poorly executed. Like the end result of it, that it's obvious. Even as someone who hasn't read the books, that there's a shit ton of stuff missing from this movie. You know, character development, story, storyline, everything. It's just there's everything's missing from this movie. All right. Right. There's there's only like a few things that I liked in this movie.
1: Well, oh, I'm sorry. There's one other. There's another right. book called The Little Sisters of Eluria. That's not a book. It's a short story. Okay so there's there's nine one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, there's nine stories that are directly related to Roland and the gunslinger or the the Dark Tower, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but there are other i mean there are multiple other books, and we'll get into those other books in a little bit um i I didn't mean to interrupt you I'm sorry,
0: that's right because you know about this shit, so
1: the uh, events of this movie is Roland's Second. We'll call it the second time around, okay?
0: Second time around,
1: because at the end of the Dark Tower, he at, at the uh, at the end of book seven, the Dark Tower, Roland walks into the Dark Tower, and walks out of the of the door, and it starts all over again. <laughs> and it says, "The Men in Black, Man in Black, the Man in Black fled across the desert, and the Gunslinger followed." Uh-huh. Okay, you can take what you want out of it. It means that he, he can do different things.
0: Fucking groundhogs millennium. Yeah,
1: that's but that's that's his quest has started over again. Okay,
0: imagine that if you had to do a thousand years at a time and you had to just redo it again.
1: Right, but he doesn't live a thousand years at I'm a time. I'm just throwing that out there. But I don't
0: know how long
1: I, it is. It, it's you're very right. It's hundreds of years, I, I think. Well, no, it's not. It's it's a lifespan. Okay, it's his entire life, and then he goes to the dark tower, and it starts all over again. Ah but it starts all over from the beginning of the book. Yeah. Not the beginning of his life. Uh-huh. So when he goes through he he can change things. Yeah. The way that, you know, the way that some, some things can be changed, some things can't. Yeah. So, that's that's what that's what I get out of it. Okay. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. However, you're right about this. There are there's a lot missing. Yeah. And the other thing that we'll get into is how they should have started
0: it. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I didn't want to. You were so hyped for this movie because you were really enjoying the trailers that I didn't want to say it. There's just certain times where I just. I, I don't know. It just didn't feel right to just say these trailers even felt like they were giving away too much. But at the same time, not telling me anything at all. Like, I, I can just tell that this movie's not going to really be that good. I didn't think the movie was a piece of shit. And I still don't think the movie's a piece of shit. I don't either. But I think it's a boring waste of time. And that's. And that pisses me off because you know it, all this time that the, oh fuck I'll get into that in a minute but there's only a few things I like about this movie all right um, surprisingly character wise relationship wise the mother and the son those those things they're, they're even though they're only together on, on screen I think for what the first 25 minutes of the movie yeah or less their dynamic worked you you believe that she really loved her son and you you really believe that he, you know he loved his mom but there was you know she 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 thought he had a condition and then he just you know no one believes him right it's it worked for the most part and i i liked that it was it was good you know i feel like when she fucking felt bad about him getting sent away you you felt like she did she really did you know care about him right um but then and then uh what else the, there's a couple cool action scenes in the movie. I like the demon, you know, the house demon, um, you know, fucking floor thingy. <laughs> and I liked, uh, I like Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey's character was, even though he's also under underwritten, every time they showed him in the movie for the most part, he has an energy. Like he's really enjoying playing this character. He likes playing a bad guy because he doesn't get to play a bad guy very often. I think the last time I can think of off the top of my head was when he played the asshole owner of the strip club in Magic Mike. Right. You know, and that that was not he wasn't really an antagonist at kind of, but not really. He just was an asshole. So this time you get to see him play. You know, he's like he just he's just loving this part. You know, he gets to play the you know the the Satan type character. You know, where he's all powerful and can kill whoever he wants and shit. And he was fun he kept my attention when he showed up because he, he had this nonchalant way of going through every scene. Like, like he knows he has the upper hand every single time, no matter what. And so he just has fun with people, you know, he's polite, but he's going to fucking kill you anyway. You know, it worked. I, I, every time that he would say shit, like someone, when he wanted to kill them, he'd just say, stop breathing. Right. right. And they'd fucking stop breathing. And you know, or uh, when he told his two minions to, to fucking fight to the death, You know, and then they just do it. He goes, he's walking away and he tells the crowd, he goes, enjoy the show. Right? That was good. He kept my attention. All right. But that's it. Uh, And then there's a couple cool action scenes in the movie. Like the end battle was kind of cool. Other than that, though, that's it. All the rest I have is negative shit about this movie. Okay. This movie is so bare bones. There's no relationship, the relationship dynamic between the kid of Jake and Idris Elba's Roland character is fucking it's almost null. It, it's it's barely there at all it's rushed through i don't feel any of it i don't feel any connection between them um him being frumpy the entire time now look maybe in the book he was frumpy too but you know it's it still it, it you gotta give more than just have him just sulking the whole fucking film and then at the end he gets his fucking energy back, and then his faith has been replenished, right? And then all of a sudden, now he can he can do what he needs to do. It, it just no, it, you can't do that to me the whole fucking movie, all right? Um, so the talent of Idris Elba has been wasted again in the film. Uh, the trailers give away the whole fucking movie, all right? There's nothing that I don't think we saw in the trailers that we saw in the movie. Everything was there. Every every scene was there was a piece of every scene in that including a bunch of scenes from the end battle, right? Um, the uh, the co-stars, all the co-stars are a fucking waste of time except for the mom. You know, the mom, you know, the, he had the cliched stepdad who's a fucking waste of time, right? Like, he yeah. was predictable. Like, he was overly predictable in how he was being a selfish asshole, right? But the mom, played by Catherine uh, Winnick, who was on the show Vikings. She's fucking hot as hell on that show. Um, you know, she was okay for you know, the short amount of time she was in the movie, but then, who else did you have in this shit? You had some of his minions. You had Jackie Earl Haley, all right, who's the the god of meat, <laughs> right? The king of meat king or whatever.
1: Um, no, but yes. You
0: know what I mean. Um, he was a vampire king. You, uh, you, from I'm talking about from uh, from Preacher. Yes, so was, yes, was, the king of meat. Yeah, because that was the last thing we saw him. In. Uh, I love Jackie Earl Haley. He's an Oscar nominated actor. The motherfuckers, I, he's Rorschach. Shit. So. To use him in a role where he doesn't fucking do anything he doesn't say anything and I read the I read the director interviews okay and the director talks about the ending and sequels and and why certain characters weren't used that much and blah 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 he never mentions studio tampering he pretty much puts everything in his lap and says I everything that's done was done the way I wanted to do it right and it just he, he told Jackie Earl Haley that your character is very important, but not right now. Like, that's why there's nothing to really do with your character. But you don't see him die on screen, right? So that means he can come back for a, a sequel if, if, they do, if they do the sequel. Or the TV series or whatever the fuck they're going to do. Um, but still, I, I don't... It did not work. None of these co-stars worked for the movie. All right? Uh, and lastly, this movie is fucking boring. You know? There's certain cool, like, background appearances and, you know... The location filming stuff like that it looks kind of cool but the movie just gets boring because there's nothing to give you anything you know and i go back to co-stars i got fucking pissed off about dennis Haysbert, you know playing the dad dennis Haysbert is a fucking an underappreciated actor in hollywood who is not in enough shit okay he all he does is fucking all-state commercials and fucking cbs uh, military swat shows or whatever i the, the guy is better than that all right and you finally have him in something, you know, big budgeted like this, and you have him in two fucking scenes where it's already his death scene. There's nothing to, to show the love that Roland has for his father or anything. It's just, boom, he's fucking dead, right? He just says, don't you know, don't forget our fucking motto or whatever, you know, about the heart fucking eyeball shit. So I know that sounds very simple minded the way I'm delivering this, but th- that's how this movie is. The, the way it tells the story, it's nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't test you. It doesn't. It doesn't grab your attention, and that's the problem with this movie. It ends up being boring because of it, and I, I'm really getting sick and tired of seeing Edris Elba be, being misused. You know, with his talent, it, and that's his choice. But I mean, still, you know, for his picks, his roles, but yeah, you know, it's fucking damn it. It's this movie ends up being a waste for me. That that's my take on this movie. Yeah, my
1: look. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something different here. Different. My problem with the movie starts with this: the Man in Black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. Uh-huh. That's a powerful fucking image. Uh-huh. All you have to do is set a camera on the ground. Yeah, you see, you see Walter walk by, and then the next thing you see is a a boot, and then another boot. Yeah, you know, and the and the Man in Black is far ahead. Yeah, just a speck. And you see Roland walk by the camera wearing his fucking hat. Yeah. A producer told Stephen King that characters that wear hats in Westerns don't do well in the movies. And Stephen King said, well, that's really funny because the Magnificent Seven seemed to do okay. Yeah. Fuck Sony. They, that right there tells me that they were involved with this way too much and that Stephen King needs to nut up. And start telling people no.
0: Yeah, I think that because he gave this positive reviews. So I'm thinking that he just didn't want the movie to lose as much as he knows it's going to lose. So he, he fucking pumped it up. Because, I mean, most people aren't going to knock their own shit, right? It's based on his work. I would. If it sucks, it sucks. I I know. But I, I, I'm just saying, I think I know that that's probably why he fucking did that.
1: Well, at the time, you don't want to knock it because you don't want to fucking, you don't want to ruin chances and stuff like that. But yeah. Chances are lost, man. Look, the story begins with that sentence. The gunslinger comes across a hut. And this is how I would have made the movie. It's really fucking simple. Yeah. There are one, two, three, four, five chapters, okay? Yeah. The first chapter is the gunslinger. The gunslinger comes across a farmer by the name of Brown who has a pet raven named Zoltan. And the gunslinger stays the night and at Brown's urging tells him the story of what happened to him the last time he came across people. And then we, then we go to the city, uh, a city by the name of Tull. It's the last town before the desert began, okay? So now we, have, we, have a, we know what's going on, yeah. okay? We know that the last town that Roland walked through before the, he hit the desert was Tull. He made his way to the local saloon and learned from Allie, the bartender, that the town drunk by the name of Nort had died from eating narcotic devil grass. Hmm. The man in black, calling himself Walter O'Dim, brought Nort back to life and told Allie that if she said a particular word to Nort, he would tell her everything he saw and heard during his time in the afterlife. (coughs) Sensing that Walter had laid a trap for him and Allie, the gunslinger warned her never to say the trigger word. He he meets Sylvia Pittston, a fanatical preacher who believed that the man in black had impregnated her with the offspring of the Crimson King. She warned her congregation to beware of the gunslinger, referring to him as a malicious interloper, and eventually stirred the entire town to attack him. Even Allie joins the mob, having fallen into Walter's trap and gone insane from North's revelations. The gunslinger kills every single person Mm -hmm. and then heads out into the desert. After, After the gunslinger tells Brown his story, the gunslinger fills his water skin and continues across the desert in pursuit of his quarry. Okay, that starts the story. That right there—that'd
0: be a great first. Point. Would have
1: fucking killed.
0: Yeah. Everybody
1: in America would have said, "Have you seen Gunslinger? Have you seen The Dark Tower?" Yeah. And 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 then they would have said, "No, you you haven't seen the fucking Dark Tower." It starts with him killing an entire town.
0: Yeah. Like the Kingsman scene, the church scene, the Kingsman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Crimson King, Ram Abala. A fictional character created by Stephen King. He is the primary antagonist of King's eight-volume Dark Tower series, as well as the novels Insomnia and Black House, described as Gan's crazy side. The Crimson King is the ultimate ruler of the Red, also called the Random in the Outer Dark, and the archetypal embodiment of evil in King's King's multiverse. (coughs) Because you don't need to say fictional multiverse. Mm -hmm. His goal is to topple the Dark Tower, which serves as the linchpin of time and space, destroying the multitude of universes which revolve around it so that he can rule in the primordial chaos that follows. That's the Crimson King, okay? More on that later, but right now. So you start off with that, and then you hit the way station. The way station is where we meet Jake. Yeah. Now, this story is fucking awful, meaning it's, it's sad. That's what I mean, awful. Yeah. It's, it's not a happy story because Roland is a dick. He's a complete dick. Yeah. All right? So now you understand what Idris Elba was trying to get across with him being kind of dickish in the entire movie. At a way station in the desert, Roland Deshane meets Jake Chambers for the first time. Under hypnosis, Jake remembers that he had been killed in his own world, possibly by Walter, because someone shoved him in front of a fucking bus. How fucking rude is that? Someone pushed him into traffic. This creates the first link of Roland's world to ours, and Jake account, Jake's account leads Roland to believe that the man in black may have caused the death, which okay. he did. Because they, eventually, they actually go back to that. Uh-huh. And they see this guy literally push fucking Jake right on the traffic, because okay. they, they went back in time, right? Okay. While searching the way station cellar for usable supplies, Roland encounters a demon that speaks to him through a skeleton buried in the wall. The demon warns him that the man in black will be able to use Jake as an asset against him as long as the two are traveling together. On impulse, Roland takes the skeleton's jawbone with him. <laughs> Roland and Jake head off into the desert toward the mountain range where the man in black has gone. Along the way, Roland tells Jake about a training session under the severe regime of his teacher, Court, who showed him how to use a hawk as a weapon and how Roland and one of his best friends, Cuthbert, exposed the cook, hacks as a traitor working for the good man and sent him to the gallows. That's the second chapter, okay? Yeah. Not only do we have, we have more of Roland and we learned about his friend Cuthbert. Yeah. And how he exposed the cook hacks as a traitor. By the way, the good man is also Walter, is the, uh, the Randall Flagg. Hmm. Uh, he's around here somewhere. John Farson. Ah, John Farson, uh, who is also Walter and uh, a couple of other people. The good man was a former thief, murderer, and harrier in the lands of Gilead, later becoming a general of rebellious people from the lesser classes of Midworld, followers at his command, occupied downland baronies, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't matter. Okay. We have background. Yeah. We find out that Jake fucking showed up in Midworld after getting hit by a bus. Yeah. Boom. Or hit by a car. Doesn't matter. But I've always envisioned him being hit by a and bus. And if
0: they plan on making this into a multi-film series and a television show, why not start it there?
1: I don't know. Chapter three: Roland and Jake manage to make their way out of the out of the desert into lusher territory. They come across a speaking ring. A speaking ring is called uh, Menier. A Menier L- standing stone, orthostat lith, masiba, Metziva, large upright standing stone M- Meniers. Maybe found solely as monoliths or as part of a group of similar stones, Stonehenge, things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. At night, Jake is drawn to the ring by the oracle contained within, but Roland saves the boy before the oracle can drain him to death via sexual intercourse. (laughs) Roland restrains Jake at their campsite, gives him the jawbone as a means of warding off the oracle's influence, then goes to the speaking ring, taking some mescaline to fortify himself. When he reaches the ring, he has a powerful psychosexual exchange with the Oracle, who tells him of Eddie and Susanna Dean. Okay, that's from the drawing of the three. That's foreshadowing. Yeah. The next day, they leave the campsite and come to a mountain. The Man in Black is there and taunts Roland, telling him they will speak on the other side. Roland asks Jake to make his choice whether he wishes to leave the Gunslinger or accompany him, and Jake agrees to go with him. Go with the Gunslinger, knowing, full, full on knowing that roland plans to sacrifice him in order to reach the man in black yeah that's fucked up but he's come to accept those terms then we get to the slow mutants roland and jake make their way through a railway tunnel using a handcart created by the great old ones during this time to distract the boy roland tells him a story of his childhood which is also told in wizard and glass you can and in the movie you can touch on this you can tell part of the story because you're also going to tell that story in *Wizard and Glass.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you don't want to tell the whole thing. At age 14, Roland discovers his mother having an affair with the father's court magician Martin Broadcloak. Oh, Martin Broadcloak, Randall Flagg.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he had a lot of fucking aliases, didn't he?
1: Martin taunted Roland in order to spur him into an early trial to prove his worth as a gunslinger in order that he would fail and be sent into exile. Therefore, ending potential trouble for the good man and Crimson King to whom Martin secretly secretly swore allegiance. Roland faced his teacher court using his hawk David as his weapon and deliberately sacrificing him in order to gain the upper hand and pass the trial. He does the one thing that Martin is not expecting. While traveling through the mountain, Roland and Jake are attacked by slow mutants who block the track and attempt to capture them. Jake clears the obstruction just in time for them to escape and they travel onto the edge of a deep chasm spanned by a dilapidated trestle. They abandon the handcart and start crossing on foot nearing the end. Jake slips. Roland catches him, but the man in black arrives to offer Roland a chance. Let the boy die, or you will never catch me. Roland lets Jake fall to his death and exits the tunnel with so, the man in black.
0: So the books, books have balls and the movie had none.
1: Then we get to the gunslinger and the dark man. After sacrificing Jake... This is the final chapter. This would be, be the final part of the movie. Roland makes his way down to speak to the man in black. The man reads Roland's fate from a pa- pack of tarot cards, which includes the sailor, who is Jake, the prisoner, who is Eddie, the lady of shadows, who is Susanna, and death, but not for Roland, and the tower itself as the center of everything. The man in black states that he is merely a pawn of Roland's true enemy, the one who now controls the dark tower itself. Roland attacks the man in black, who retaliates by knocking Roland out with an incantation. Roland enters a terrifying visionary hallucination revealing the nature of the cosmos. When Roland awakens, he finds that nothing is left of the man except his skeleton and that he himself has aged 10 years. He takes the skeleton's jawbone as a replacement for the one he had given Jake, and the gunslinger continues by foot until he reaches the Western Sea. That's the end of the fucking novel. Right there, just these paragraphs that I read mm-hmm. give you enough to make one of the best fucking movies on the planet, and then, then you can do whatever you want. Instead of what we have, which is this, the Dark Tower, and and this is where they fail. This is where Sony has failed time and time again. The Dark Tower is not, I'm sorry, the Gunslinger. The, this movie is not about Jake. Yeah, this is not Jake's story.
0: Yeah, they made Jake like the chosen one.
1: This is Roland's story. The whole thing is Roland's story.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know if I recall this or not, but I think in my review I said something like, isn't this called The Gunslinger? But yet it seems to focus more on the Jake character.
1: Yeah, because the next book is called The Drawing of the Three, where he actually literally goes and gets Jake back. Yeah. And Eddie and Susanna. And he needs those because he has become handicapped. Okay. Something happens to Roland and... If one if one of his hands gets fucked up. His right hand gets fucked up. Does he lose fingers? Yeah, he gets two fingers cut off. Yeah, but
0: dude, they're not gonna uh, do it right in the movies anyway. So yeah, well, there's these things called
1: lobstrosities. So uh, let me. Um, and he falls asleep. Uh, hold on a second. I need to look up the drawing of the three. Draw. Let's the 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 deering of the three. There we go. Yeah, the the book begins less than seven hours after the Dark Tower, the gunslinger, after the man in black has described the gunslinger's fate. I love that picture. That's the original picture, Mm. first edition, which I... (laughs) Um, Roland wakes up on a beach where he's suddenly attacked by a strange, lobster-like creature, which he dubs a Lobstrosity. He kills the creature, but not before losing the index and middle finger of his right hand. Oh. And most of his right big toe. His untreated wounds become infected, feverish, and losing strength. Roland continues his trek along the beach where he eventually encounters three doors. Each door opens onto New York City at a different time and place, or a different time period. 87, 64, 1977. And as Roland passes through these doors, he brings back the companions who will join him on his quest to the Dark Tower. (laughs) So 77, obviously, is going to be Jake. 64 is Susanna, and 87 is Eddie. So... That's how the fucking... <laughs> that's how the first book begins. That's how the the drawing of the three begins. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Ooh. Snip. Snip, snip. <laughs> but right. again, this movie has got it all wrong. And I, I'm sure there's Stephen... I mean, after 10 years of whatever...
0: Development hell.
1: You know, Stephen King was at a point where if they got a fucking script together and it got greenlighted, I'm sure he was just like, okay, whatever, we're just going to do this. Just fucking do it, yeah. And And even though it wasn't what he wanted... He could spin it and say, well, this is round two, you know? Yeah. Well, that's great, but what about those of us that are fans? Yeah. What about those of us that you owe, not Stephen King, that Sony owes this loyalty? You, know, you owe us for bringing out the best movie that you can, yeah. and you've continually fucking failed the interview, even though it was funny. Well, it's a forgettable movie. I love the internet Spider-Man Yeah but how many times Do we talk about it Once in a great while
0: hey, well, It's just fun. It was overhyped Because of the controversy It's
1: not a good movie though uh, It's it's okay
0: It's funny Is it but a yeah. great Is it
1: a great movie
0: I uh, wouldn't go so far As to call it great Yeah
1: Right It's not a great movie It's not Guardians of the Galaxy No I, it, It's not It's not X Machina Yeah It's not Fucking Fury Road Right Yeah you know, and those are just a handful, and there's millions of movies that come out. It's not, you know, straight out of Compton or Creed or all the hundreds of other movies that we've seen that are so goddamn good. Yeah. That even though I haven't seen Creed yet, I have seen Straight Out of Compton. I was so impressed with um, Ice Cube's son in that movie.
0: Oh, yeah, O'Shea Jackson Jr.
1: Goddamn, and and it's not just him. It was everybody that contributed. The guy that played Eazy-E, e, yeah. the guy that played Dre. The Guy that played the other the other two guys that uh, you always forget their MC names. MC
0: Ren, MC Yella, or uh, DJ Yella. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And MC Ren like wrote half the songs for in way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, everyone forgets about him. That's Ren. a
1: great goddamn movie because it tells a story. Whether it doesn't matter if the story is one hundred percent true.
0: Yeah, because they left Michelle out of it completely.
1: It doesn't matter if there's there's some things that have been embellished. Yeah, it happens. It tells a story and it keeps you riveted, dude. Absolutely riveted.
0: Yeah, like I said when I I did my my review for it, dude. I said that this movie doesn't feel like you're watching a bio. It feels like I'm watching a movie, and it, it fucking and it sold me on it. You know, it, it didn't feel like I was watching. I don't know what's love got to do with it, right? You know, or something like that. No, this this feels like I'm watching N.W.A. the movie, right? And it's fucking great from the first frame to the end of it. You know, yeah, awesome it, movie. It's God, I gotta watch that now. <laughs> I got the director's cut, which is like a half hour longer. Yeah. It, it, it. I haven't even seen the director's cut yet. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's, it, look what they did to Ghostbusters. You know, look what Sony did to Amazing Spider Man. You know, they're just, God damn it, hand it off to somebody else. You know, you're not doing it right. Stop it. Okay. The only reason why their name is on, on Spider Man Homecoming is because of the that copyright bullshit. Otherwise, they had nothing to do with it. They had nothing to do with the, the, the quality of that film. Right. They had nothing. So for them to do The Dark Tower, this is, yeah, this is a fucking waste of time. This movie, look, this movie pretty much deserves its its, its Rotten Tomatoes rating. You know? For the most part, it was writing at 19% last week when it came out, which is funny because you know the 19 number, right? All right. the 19s that are connected with it. But now it's sitting at an 18%, you know? Which says that this movie's a piece of shit. I don't, Look, as a, as a non-reader of the books, I don't want to go so far as to say it's a piece of shit. It's just a waste of time movie. Right. It's a boring waste of time movie. Um, but you, I mean, I, I could totally see if you thought it's a piece of shit because of how long it's taken to get this finally made into a movie, and then they, this is what they do with it? Yeah. They, um, they, they give you an unknown Danish director who, yeah, he got an Oscar nomination for a foreign film three year, four or five years ago, and then he also co-wrote, he co-wrote the screenplay, for the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The first film. That was it. Right. Not, not any of the others. Um, but other than that, I don't see what the guy's fucking done over here. He hasn't done anything else over here. So why would you put his name on here? I don't get it. It. You had you had J.J. Abrams a decade ago who really wanted to do this. Then you had Ron fucking Howard right after well, that. Well, Ron Howard's a producer. I know. And he ended up staying on as a producer, but he was going to direct it. And then... You lose Ron Howard for whatever fucking reasons, and then you bring in this guy, Nicolaj Arcel. If that's how you pronounce his fucking name, I don't know. But waste of time. The guy, and I, maybe he's he's, and I, maybe he is one of those company yes men where he's taking all the responsibility for it in the studio, you know, and and it's his fault, not the studios. But I'm pretty sure this is the studio's fault. They wanted to keep the budget low, and they wanted to they wanted the movie to be short. And all that stuff by keeping the budget low, and then that way, if the movie flops, they're not losing that much money, right? They're not. Right. This movie has a sixty million dollar budget. That sixty million dollar budget, which for a movie of this scope, this scale, this should be a hundred million dollar movie at least, right? For you know being otherworldly and all that stuff, uh-huh. and it's not. So instead, it's sixty. With then that, that's with six million dollars added on for reshoots because uh, test audiences thought that Roland's character, you know, Elba's character was um, had no backstory and and was kinda you know didn't have anything depth to him. But we saw him in this fucking movie after the reshoots. What did they fucking add to it? Can you tell me besides his father showing up? No. I, I can't see shit. You know? That, that that's that's the ugly of this movie. That's the fucking ugly. You add money for reshoots, didn't fucking add anything that I can tell, and then you also spend over a decade trying to figure out how the fuck you're gonna do this and this is how you do it? You you could have had a hugely successful series with this shit, okay? You bring in the fans, you bring in you bring in all the people who read the books who have been waiting forever for this to be done, right? And then you bring in a new generation. And then there you go. How, how difficult is that?
1: It's not. But they keep fucking it up.
0: Fuck you, Sony.
1: Uh, the other related books for um, the Dark Tower series are Salem's Lot, The Stand, The Talisman, Skeleton Crew, It, The Eyes of the Dragon, Insomnia... Rose Matter, Desperation, The Regulators, The Bag of Bones, or Bag of Bones, S- Hearts in Atlantis, Black House, Everything's Eventual, From a Buick 8, and Charlie the Choo Choo. Damn. Yeah. Um, there are other books as well, but those are the ones that are, are mostly related. Uh, Salem's Lot is about vampires. Yeah. And the vampires are also, um, because the Dark Star Wars series already contained the narrative in The Wolves of the Cala and Song of Susanna, He felt there was no longer a need for a sequel. He was planning on doing a sequel to Salem's Lot. Uh, In a way, it's my favorite story, mostly because of what it says about small towns. They're kind of a dying organism right now. The story seems sort of uh, down home to me. Uh, Hold on. I have a special cold spot in my heart for it. Um, Connections to... Hold on a second. I'm just going to look up connections to... Ugh. Unless... Okay. It. Since that's the next movie that's coming out. Yeah. Um,
0: it part one.
1: That must have been a special edition cover. Out of all the novels, uh, it may have the most interesting Dark Tower references. Richie says that the evil residing in Derry arrived in primordial times from outside everything. Another level of the tower, perhaps, or Todash space. It's possible that it's related to the Great Old Ones. And she, yes, it's female, might even be related to Dandalo, a minor villain in the Dark Tower. Another prominent scene features a revelation by Stan, one of the Loser Club's more unfortunate members, in which he realizes that another universe may exist where there there might grow roses which sing. The Dark Tower is surrounded by singing roses, and in one of the many versions of New York City, the tower takes the form of a beautiful singing rose that grows alone in an empty lot. Uh, The Wizard of Oz... Uh, Roland's Cotet are treated to a large chunk of the Gunslinger's backstory, including his adventures with Merlin's Grapefruit, a crystal ball infused with dark magic. Hearts in Atlantis. Uh, uh, In one of Hearts in Atlantis' stories, Low Men in Yellow Coats, the psychic Ted Brodigan is hunted by supposed G-men in flashy cars who locate him with signs advertising lost pets. and Wolves of the Kala, or Kaya, or whatever, we learned that something similar happened to Donald Callahan after his vampire hunting led to a cruel branding by the Hitler Brothers, also known as Cantoy. The Lone men appear to be animal hybrids who attempt and fail to pass for human. So all the, all the people that we saw, these rat things that we saw in the movie, yeah. they're called Cantoy. They're the ones that you wear human skin with the... With the yeah, with the seams. Seams, thank yeah. you. Uh, the Harry Potter series. In Wolves of Cala, Roland and his Cotet do battle against a group of superpowered kidnappers known as the wolves. Despite like looking like Dr. Doom armed with a lightsaber, each of the wolves is equipped with snitches, a spherical golden explosive that fly. If that isn't enough,
0: the golden snitch.:
1: To convince you that snitches are snitches, consider that an examination of one snitch reveals the serial number 46511AAHPJKR. <laughs> Harry Potter, JK. Riley.: Yeah. The stand. Obviously, the stand is huge. Uh, Randall Flagg. um, He's known by many names, uh, but he always keeps the initials RF. Russell Faraday, Richard Fannin, Richard Fremantle, but he's also the man in black. Walter Paddock, Walter Odim, Martin Broadcloak, whom the gunslinger chases across the desert. Without going into too much detail, let's just say that Flagg causes a lot of problems for Roland in his life. (laughs) Richard Adams, Shardick. Richard Adams' novel about a hunter in pursuit of a giant bear lends itself to the Dark Tower in the series' third installment, The Wastelands. Roland, Eddie, and Susanna encounter Shardik, a gigantic biomechanical bear who serves as one of the Twelve Guardians of the Beam. By this point, Shardik's systems have begun to show their age, and he attacks. Salem's Lot, which we already talked about, Donald Callahan is a priest whose lack of faith allows him to be attacked by a vampire when his church refuses to allow him to enter. He boards a bus and disappears, never to be heard from again. Until the Wolves of the Cala, that is, Callahan reappears, as a priest of Caleb Sturgis, and ultimately helps Roland and his Cotet on his quest for the Dark Tower. Um, the original King drew his earliest inspirations from The Dark Tower by Robert Browning, Child Roland. Insomnia, which is a great book. Um, the lesser known King novel might have more direct connections to The Dark Tower than any other. Insomnia marks the first mention of the Crimson King. Um, Patrick Danville, an important child in King's 1994 work, is Dandelus' captor in The Dark Tower. The novel discusses the Dark Tower, Roland, Ka, and ka as well as um, Athos, Porthos, and one other guy. The Wasteland and Other Poems by T.S. Eliot. T.S. <laughs> Eliot's The Wasteland lends a lot to The Wastelands in addition to having a similar title. King's novel drew from lines in Eliot's poem to name the book section Jake, Fear, and a Handful of Dust, and "Lud, A Heap of Broken Images. The Regulators by Richard Bachman. The Cantoy play a starring role in the Bachman book. A small town in Ohio is overrun by strange cowboys in brightly colored vehicles mm. who kill the residents they encounter. The strange events are caused by a demon called Tack, who bears a striking similarity to some of the Toadash creatures we've seen before. Uh, NOS4A2 uh, by Joe Hill, which is King's Son. Um, contains several connections to the Dark Tower, including mentions of Midworld and the clearing at the end of the path. Joe Hill claims he didn't mean to seriously tie his novel into his dad's work. As he told the A.V. Club, I was just fooling around. The never-ending story. (laughs) From the beginning of The Gunslinger, we hear that the world has moved on. Characters use the phrase to explain everything from misconnections to the disappearance of entire places. It's kind of similar to the nothing in The Never-Ending Story, the destructive force that eats worlds. There's also the concept of a story within a story told again and again, which plays a prominent role in both King's series and Michael N.'s novel. Uh, Jack Adrian's Deathlands, Pilgrimage to Hell. Uh, As Dark Tower connections go, the Deathlands series is a pretty interesting development. In the fifth book of the post-apocalyptic series, the characters pass by Roland, who is standing on the side of the road. Discussions on James Axler's forums indicate that the series' authors may have paid homage to uh, writers other than King. Desperation, which is (laughs) the companion novel to The Regulators, also features Cantoy and the Demon Tack. It's set in a town near the Desatoya Mountains, the range mentioned in the Little Sisters of Iluria*. Nyarlathotep. In the stand, one of the characters refers to Flag as Nyarlathotep, the Lovecraftian deity known as the Crawling Chaos. He's also the avatar of the Outer Gods. Kings borrowed concepts from HP before, although King's race are technically advanced humans, not unknowable gods. However, King's Toadash creatures and other malevolent ent- entities are quite Lovecraftian. Eyes of the Dragon, um, is a prequel to or retelling of the Dark Tower series. Randall Flagg makes an appearance as an evil wizard in the service of King Roland and Queen Sasha. Once Flagg successfully deposes the reigning monarchs and frames the eldest son for murder of his father, he acts as an advisor to the new king, 12-year-old Thomas. The drawing of the three mentions the pursuit of Flagg by young Thomas and his butler, Dennis. The story was written for his kids. Lamort, the author. This is a really good book, um, Mallory's. Lamort, the, the Arthur, which is Knights of the King Arthur and the Legends of the Round Table. Arthur L., the king of all World and the first gunslinger who carried the sword Excalibur, which may have been later used to forge the Sandalwood guns Roland Carries. King's series makes use of Arthurian legends, as well as Merlin and Mordred. The Shining, not the Shining, the Shinning. You want to get sued? Danny Torrance, a Jake... Like Danny Torrance, Jake Chambers has a touch of the shine to him. Jake and Danny are twinners. What's ice cream, Doc? Different versions of the same person living on different levels of the tower. In Doctor Sleep, Danny utters Jake's most famous line, there are, worlds other, there are other worlds than these. So that's just a few of the things. If you go to stephenking.com, there's a whole fucking connection thing. Yeah. It's really cool to read all that shit. I mean, literally hundreds from every book. Autopsy Room Four, Bag of Bones, you know, the Ballad of the Flexible Bullet, Black House. Oh, the Ballad of the Flexible Bullet. Um, the Dark Tower novels. Janelli owns the Forefathers Restaurant and the Janelli Pizza Truck. And thinner Richard Janelli is a silent partner in the Three Fathers Restaurant. In the Ballad of the Flexible Bullet, the Forefathers Bar appears. <laughs> There's a reason for the Ballad of the Flexible Bullet, which is to be able to,
0: yeah, bend the bullet. Bend the bullet, yeah. basically. Yeah, just like from Wanted. <laughs>
1: yeah um curve the boy, but yeah. there's just you know blaine the mono is a character from the dark Tower series um from from black house blockade Billy cell cujo <laughs> all this shit it's it's amazing so if you go to stephen dot com and look up dark tower connections it's it it'll give you a, a huge rundown more than what I've done in the last twenty minutes of your boring life so <laughs> or our boring life so w- but what's amazing is the, the amount of information, the the way that he can just weave all this shit in and out, and a lot of times when he's writing, he even says, "It's I don't even remember doing this, I don't I don't remember writing this stuff." You know, when when I'm when I'm writing, and it's just happening. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm like focused and I'm just I'm writing and and the words are just spilling out onto the page and that's
0: that. Yeah,
1: and when it's done, it's done.
0: Like he's channeling someone else.
1: Yeah, so. Anyways, I'm not real happy with this movie.
0: Yeah, I, I don't blame you, man. I, I mean, look, as someone who's never read it, and I, I could tell that it was missing a lot of shit. So, yeah, I, I can't even. I, I kept, you know, after hearing this, man, I, I I'm surprised that you weren't like, well, like, when, just fucking shaking your head the whole time we're watching it.
1: When they were walking, I was waiting for them to get to the way station. That's yeah. when, when you saw me lean forward, I'm like, are they going to get to the way station now? Yeah. You know, what about the slow mutants? What about the oracle on the mountain? No. We got fucking the man in black in his in his tower. Yeah, his, you know, and he's and he's using kids that have the shine to shoot down the tower. Yeah, his minions. You know what the fuck, man? Yeah. Give us the story. Give us give us the beginning story. That's all you have to do. The man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. Yeah. You don't have to say the words. You show it. Yeah. And then he sh- and he ends up talking to that farmer, and we begin the story by rolling. Killing an entire fucking town—that would have dropped dropped jaws. Yeah, would have absolutely just fucking destroyed us.
0: Yeah, but man, we get this—we get the Sony treatment.
1: <sighs> yeah, we got fucked.
0: <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, go see it at your own peril. All right.
1: Would you buy this movie on DVD? No, I would not. I am going to. You know why? Why? Because I want to. I, I want to see the um, the. Uh, uh, Behind commentary, the scenes? and the behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay,
0: Just to get, like, a... Yeah, just to understand why the thought process is... Yeah. Why the fuck you did it the way you did it Yeah, kind of thing.
1: I want to hear what Stephen King has to
0: say. I, it's amazing how many times I forget about director's commentary, and there's times where I actually, you know, listen to it. it it's been a long time. I think... Fuck. What was it? The last one I did? Fuck. I, I can't remember. I do remember. It. I do uh, one, though, that stands fucking high is uh, Tropic Thunder that has um it has Downey Jr. Jack Black and, and Ben Stiller um doing the commentary and and it's fucking great because Downey Jr. does not break character like he promised in the movie he goes I don't break you know I don't break character to the DVD commentary baby right he, he fucking stays in character the whole goddamn time it's, it's awesome right Um, uh, so yeah that I mean there's there's a lot of commentary that's worth checking out all right uh Let's go on to my Netflix pick of the week because that's what this is. It's going to be on Netflix. Um, it is the 2017 original series called Ozark. It, is, it, it stars J- uh, Jason Bateman as a character named Marty Bird. Marty Bird is a financial advisor in, this, in the city of Chicago who ends up getting involved with a cartel, a Mexican cartel. And he does, helps do all of the, the money laundering for this cartel. And he has co-workers and stuff like that. And his best friend is one of the guys that works here at, at, at this financial advisor firm. Uh, what happens is the, the, the right-hand man of the drug cartel's leader, who you still, you don't see in this first season, uh, is played by uh, Isai Morales. His character's name is Dell. He comes in just to see if he's being ripped off. So he has them go over the numbers well all of a sudden some shit happens and justin uh, or Jason Bateman has to talk himself out of this um, situation and he says that hey I can go down to the Ozarks and I could set up shop there and I could I could end up in in three years I could launder over five hundred million dollars in cash for you if you let me do this and it it starts a chain of events that is very uh, Breaking Badish uh very uh, to me the show is a combination of three things justified Breaking Bad and Bloodline Bloodline is also an original Netflix show uh, the, the 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 tone of it the tone is absolutely uh, like the look of the show is Bloodline the 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 tone of the way that the, you know dealing with the drug dealers and all this like crazy unpredictable shit that's breaking bad and then the fact that they're in the ozarks you know with some rednecks and shit like that style that's the justified with it that so you put all three of those things together and this is what you get so marty bird's character has a family he's got a wife played by laura linney who i like laura linney because she's she always plays a strong character like if you remember her in congo she was the only one that was kicking ass when they had the whole you know search party for the white great white monkeys right Um, and then also in uh, uh, what was it The Exorcism of Emily Rose she was like the only strong character in that fucking movie she always plays a strong female lead and I like that about Laura Linney Uh, she plays his wife who also she's having an affair you find all this out from the beginning of the the show and and then that that ends up actually going into his problem with the drug cartel and then they've got two kids and what happens is he's got to move all of them down to the Ozark and he's got he's got a limited amount of time to launder eight million dollars before he's allowed to graduate, for lack of a better word, to being able to do the five hundred million like he promised, right? And this is all his life is riding on this. If he fucking fails this, he's going to die, and his family's going to die. So there's there's the the. the you have to deal with the dynamic of just Jason Bateman who plays the straight man, this whole fucking series. He doesn't play the funny party guy, Jason Bateman that you're used to. He plays the straight man who you and I have seen him before do the straight man. And it fucking works, right? He, it works on this and Jason Bateman, this guy's got fucking talent. He directed the, the pilot episode and he directed the final two episodes of the season, you know, the 10 episode season. And He's fucking good, man. This is a really good show. Um, there's all these different elements that get involved with it. You have um, you have a Smiley going down there, and you have him buying up properties so that he can use them to launder. But then he keeps running into issues, like when he wants to buy a strip club, or when he finds out, you know, like when he wants to buy the strip club, but he finds out. That, oh shit, it's tied in with heroin fucking dealers and or he's trying to buy a hotel, but then, you know, the, the lady's reluctant to do it. And it, I mean, there's and then there's, oh, then there's a local pastor that gets involved. Then there's there's all these different and then there's the local rednecks that get involved. And there's all this shit that just keeps happening to him. So he's doing this juggling act of trying to to keep his family from getting murdered. Also deal with the fact that his wife cheated on him just recently and And, you know, and also finding enough businesses to do this laundering, set up this whole laundering gig. And it it never really gets simple for him during this whole 10-episode thing. You know, it's just a fucking nightmare. So, uh, and then he also has to deal with the law enforcement as well. It's just like fucking, dude, just dilemma, 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 right? Right. But it works for the most part because it's entertaining and it's compelling to watch. Uh, one of the redneck uh, group people. Uh, there one of, is a character named. Uh, her name is shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, I was looking at Stephen King's written yeah. works. Her name is Ruth. It's and like, hold on a second. What? I'm just gonna scroll through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Fucking yeah, r- yeah. He um, short stories and screenplays and everything. I think he's done like uh, close to a hundred, if not more. Um, that doesn't even include the little short stories he's done. Um,
1: poems essays uncollected unpublished
0: so yeah the the character name of ruth she's at first her character is kind of unbelievable because she's a criminal who's you know you know affiliated with the, her redneck family and she's only like 18 19 but she's way too smart for her, her her character's position in life you know what i mean she's like if you've ever seen ellen page in juno how she's smarter than most of the adults in the movie uh-huh. that's kind of like how her character is on the show but it seems like it's like a survival instinct, and that's why she's as smart as she is. So it ends up working out for her character. Uh, I think that Ozark's a really good show. I don't know if it's good, it's not Breaking Bad good, but it's, uh, I'd say it's. I'd say you get like 75% up to where how good Breaking Bad is. Breaking Bad is, is a fucking standalone star on its own, but this show shows potential of what could happen um, with, with, with all the wild directions that it's going into having to deal with the heroin uh producer in the in the county and and all this other shit. it's yeah it's a good show and I like it check out Ozark okay all right you didn't know I was gonna end it that quick huh
1: no I didn't <laughs> dude we watched pickle Rick last night
0: pickle Rick <laughs> take your time okay <laughs> it will happen okay buddy just ease it in there <laughs> You should have an episode where we do this, where you're just playing that in the background the whole time. I wonder which one will snap first. It'll probably be me that snaps first, but but yeah.
1: Oh man, I don't know what to say about this episode.
0: I, I... so you're gonna you're gonna talk about pickle work again.
1: Yeah, Pickle Rick, jerk.
0: I thought you were going to do the Explorers.
1: No, we're talking about Pickle
0: Rick. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's the third episode of the third season.
1: Where do you fucking begin with this episode? (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you what. The very first time that we found out about Pickle Rick was when they had the storyboard going on. I don't know if you ever saw the storyboards for Pickle Rick before season three started I, from I think San Diego. I
0: did, but I didn't pay like too much attention.
1: I, it was from last year's San Diego Comic Con, I believe, but it was they and they, it was like Rick gets captured. Yeah, and you see him as like a bug, but it wasn't a bug. You, know, he was he had he had the the armor on, and he was fucking killing all the ro- the rats and everything, yeah. and it just went from there. Hmm. This whole thing about Pickle Rick is. Layers deep, you know, but
0: oh, so you're saying he should have been Onion Rick?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it could have been Onion Rick. (laughs)
0: Layers.
1: It even has Danny Trejo in it as (laughs) the Jaguar.
0: Ogres have layers.
1: But the whole idea behind Pickle Rick is a psychological mindfuck. If you ever did, if you've read the Nerdist about this episode, it goes into a whole like in depth thing uh-huh. about why th- this is a complete troll on on everybody okay and and even even to the point where we were reading some stuff from um cartoon network not cartoon network but some people had commented on pickle rick and the guy and one of the guys is like i didn't like this episode except for the violent stuff and blah 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 yeah and somebody said are you so fucking inept are you so daft that you just didn't even get it but you're all all you're into is just the mindless violence, but not the subtext yeah. and the subtext, meaning this is what they trolled everybody on is, is there's more to life than this. And this, the series is going to get dark. Yeah. But what, what did the, what did the therapist say? The therapist said, maintaining yourself, making yourself better and fixing those things is boring. So you turn yourself into a pickle yeah. to avoid that because all you want is adventure and action out of life and you don't want to do the boring things. Yeah. And you got to do the boring things. Yeah, like uh you know, there's, a metaf- there's a there's <laughs> a there's something in that. And I've said it to other people before. Uh yeah. We've got to do more. We've got to we've got to do the boring shit to get to where we're not, you know, slaving for the man. Yeah. So, what did you think of this episode? <laughs>
0: I, I know that though the the main purpose of it was look at all the shit that he was willing to do, even though he didn't plan on that happening. I mean, this is this is Rick's life. So he knows that, that uh not Occam's razor, but I think Murphy's law yeah. is gonna come into effect that just because he's a pickle and he's got the, the syringe all planned up, it's still not gonna end up being that simple. Something's gonna fucking you know, there's the monkey wrench, the proverbial monkey wrench is going to get thrown in here eventually, right? Right. So even though he knows that that's, he's still willing to go through all this shit to avoid talking with the family about family matters. That's what it all boils down to. He's willing to go through all this shit. Because he's not, even though all this shit happens to him, he's not really that fucking surprised. Because something fucking always happens to Rick. To Rick you know? There's even, what was it, the one episode where they're gone for fucking six years or or for, you know, like fucking 40 years or some shit, right? And he comes back and goes like, oh, yeah, we're back here, you know? it, it it's Yeah, like he's, I'll be in the garage. Yeah, nothing surprising. He's right. fucking done it all. <laughs> so that shows the the, the level of, of, of Rick's character is that he doesn't want to deal with his family shit. there's There's a family dynamic that they still haven't completely tapped on with this show, you know? There's more to it than that. We we have a general idea of what we think, you know, Rick is when it comes to his family, but we still don't know the whole, sh- you know, I say I almost said schmeel. <laughs> we we still don't know the whole thing schmiel, about it. Yeah, yeah the whole schmiel, the whole deal. It, and that that's what's cool. Like if you actually take the time to really think about it, there's more to it than just Rick's a pickle. And he yeah. he he and he just he's kicking ass with rat body parts. Yeah, there's way more to it than that.
1: Oh yeah, you know that the 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 boring parts are interrupted by the pickle parts. Yeah, you know where he's just he's a pickle. Even you know, like when he, he gets to the fun. therapist's office, it's completely accepted that he's sitting there as a pickle. And she yeah. goes, "Hi, Rick. Yeah, we were just talking about you." He's like, "Yeah," and and and, <laughs> and then she does whatever, and he he he's like, "I don't." I don't believe in this shit. I'm a scientist, not a, you know, I don't buy in your therapy garbage. Yeah. Also, I'm a pickle. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the whole exchange because she's smarter than him. Yeah. You know, she knows what he's doing. Yeah. She yeah. she is onto this guy's fucking game and and he sees that as you know, he's trying to as a challenge and all of a sudden
0: When has Susan surrounded not had the upper hand with a man?
1: Uh always. <laughs> so yeah, and so. is and you know really is is Doofus Rick really that dumb or is that just a, a play?
0: I would, yeah. I look. I don't know how much farther this show is going to go when it comes to how many seasons they're going to do, but nine seasons, Marty. <laughs> well, shit. They keep, nine seasons. You think they will? Yeah. You think they'll make it that far? huh? Oh God, yeah. I think. Oh, I mean, if they keep doing writing like this, I mean, it deserves to get that far. But I, I don't know if it's you know. I hope it doesn't lose. It's like it's fucking it's uh panache you know like say regular show who regular show had this niche with it right and then all of a sudden it just became a regular show you know right pardon the, I'm I pardon not tr- the pun I'm not trying to pun it but th- it is what it is right right so yeah this this show keeps staying crisp and um, and uh, creative
1: well you have Dan Harmon look Dan Harmon started off writing. A Silly little fucking community, yeah. No, he didn't start off writing community.
0: No, I mean, I know he's done community. Um,
1: he started off with a sketch group called the Dead Ale Wives, okay. And he cre- created co created a TV pilot Heat Vision and Jack, which starred Owen Wilson and Jack Black. Come on, bro. Did he not do fucking Scud? Come on, bro. Dan Harmon, Scud. I gotta look her. Fireman Press and then Image Comics. Rob Schrab, Um That's the name. Well, Rob, Rob and Dan work together on Monster House.
0: Uh huh. I love Monster House. That movie comes on at least once or twice a year at my house.
1: It's a it's a good movie, man.
0: I love it. I love the way it starts. I love the way it ends. It's funny. It's not too childish.
1: I swear to God that fucking when
0: you have a cracker
1: scud the disposable assassin the whole shebang booked by Dan Harmon and Monty Carter okay and and Rob Schraub. yeah so so he is he he he's he's an incredible writer you know starting off with doing scud starting off with rob Schraub, helping with monster house helping with a whole bunch of other shit you know dan harmon Is such a good writer, it's sick. And then you have Justin Roiland, who also contributes. I, you know, I don't know how much of the writing he gets done. Plus all the other writers. This is smart on Futurama level genius PhD fucking (laughs) comedy because there are something like there are jokes in, in Futurama that require PhDs just to get the fucking joke. Yeah you know or in in Big the Bang. simpsons and whatever else yeah <laughs> but i i have a feeling that this is going to lead into a scud the disposable assassin tv show as well because because of his connection with with rob it's so irreverent it's so outrageous and so funny and that's how scud was you know
0: has that anything ever been done with that
1: no there was a video game of it ah huh. so but this TV show, we have. Well, are, are we on episode three so far?
0: Yeah, three of th- three, season three.
1: Yeah. Two years and three episodes. So, what was it? That's like uh, they did 10 episodes or 12 episodes in the first two years. This is between 20 and 20. They have between 23 and 27 episodes.
0: Yeah, out. it's like 10 episodes a season or something.
1: <laughs> and it gets better and better and better. And this is what it should be about. Not 22 episodes of the same boring shit the same thing every single day. Yeah. Then you get things like Legion. You get things like um, um, Fargo and Stand Against Evil and what's the other one? Ash versus Evil Dead, yeah. Game of Thrones, you know. All these TV shows, whether you're like Stand Against Evil is one thing or another, but all these TV shows that are 10, 12, or 13 episodes, but they fucking nail it. Yeah. They kill it every single time because they can condense it down into you know basically six movies yeah you know and tell the whole story that they need to tell in 13 episodes
0: exactly it's yeah it looks like they did a um yeah season 1 had 11 episodes and then these season 2 and season 3 are going to have 10 each or have 10 each so yeah it's going to be a total of uh, th- by the end of this season will be 31 episodes okay okay
1: okay all right that's all i really have i mean look if you're not watching rick and morty <laughs> then, then you should
0: think go fuck yourself, cause yeah, it's the business. All right, so yeah, you know what? Before we end this shit, man, I just a couple of news things I thought were worth talking about popped up. Uh, first thing is, uh, there's some Judge Dread news that Carl uh, Urban is in talks with the powers that be, whoever they are, um, about filming uh, next year filming. Uh, the television series called Judge Dread Mega City One Um, he look Carl Urban says look you give me the story and you, you actually do it and you want me to come he goes I'm down to do it so I hope things work out you know because you don't normally see things like this work out that way but if it does I mean I, I think that's fucking awesome because we both wanted to see a sequel to Dread you know remember when they were going to talk about the, the death judge or whatever they called him what was it Judge Death it was yeah the evil judge the, the like from another dimension I think it was Judge Death yeah D E T H or something. Anyway, yeah, it, um, it was. Th- I mean, that would have been a cool idea for a sequel. So instead, they're going to do the TV series, and hopefully, it's connected with the Dread movie. And and you got Carl Urban on board. I, I I think that's awesome if they if they are able to do it. Because how often do you see something like that happen for a movie that didn't make a whole ton of money? You don't. Yeah. All right. The the the
1: movie fucking raked it in on DVD sales. Oh, dude. I know. Yeah. And on um uh syndication.
0: Yeah, no, the movie's fucking badass, Like, right? I feel like watching it right now, just just even talking about it out of nowhere, right? Uh, and then uh, the other thing is Miller World, or Miller World, or however the fuck you want to yeah. pronounce it, uh, got purchased up. Miller, Miller World Comics. M- Millar. Yeah, Millar World got picked up by uh, Netflix, which is uh, the third biggest... Um, acquisition. Per- acquisition, purchase, whatever you want to call it, of a comic property um, in history. So the first two, of course, are Marvel... By Disney, and then uh, Warner Brothers picking up DC, right? Right. So, yeah, you know, you know, off the top of my head, or what I wrote down.
1: <laughs> Dear Mark Miller, how do you say your last name?
0: Mark Millar, I would just say Millar. Uh, the three notable comics off the top of my head are The Kingsman. Sure. Wanted. Sure. And Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. It's
1: Mill-er.
0: <laughs> what? I can't see what that's saying, man. Uh, it's
1: Mill, A, Palm, Father, Mill, Mark Miller.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, whatever.
1: Palm Father, Mill, R. You're right. You got it right.
0: So uh, Netflix uh, acquiring, because I guess Disney's uh, slowly pulling away all of their properties out of Netflix or something.
1: Yeah, Disney is uh, calling it quits, brother. Yeah. Cause right on Netflix. They're starting their own service. Yeah, their own streamer. Yay.
0: You know what? I mean, is this eventually going to lead to the, the death of Cable? Yep. I. You know what? Fuck Cable. Fuck them. Fuck em. I- Look, th-
1: this is going to decrease the cost of TV watching. And by doing that, it's going to give everybody a chance to... A la carte. Yeah, complete a la carte. I only want to watch these shows. Yeah. Like Star Wars Rebels and this and that and the other thing. I only want to watch... And they're going to try and do something with cable. But ultimately, what's going to happen is th- it's going to go back to, remember when Satellite Dish came out years ago and yeah. you could fucking just grab feeds yeah, and you can watch whatever you wanted whenever? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where it was in the world. You just point the fucking satellite. Yeah. That's what it's going to become like, a million goddamn channels.
0: Good, man. You know, <coughs> I think people have been getting ripped off for too long far too long mike right far <laughs> too long all right so uh i guess the next movie that we are going to be talking about on cinescape movie reviews is going to be the christopher nolan film dunkirk yes yeah all right so we will why t- would you ask
1: me that since we already made the plan
0: yes yes all right so uh we will talk about that film and we will talk about whatever the fuck else <clears> we're going to <throat> talk about fuck yeah Fuck yeah. All right.
1: All right, motherfucker. So
0: this is Pickle Rick saying out. Pickle Mike. rub dub -dub. I'm a pickle. rub a dub a dub dub Taste my briny goodness. Grandpa Rick's a pickle. Yeah. We're all in a (laughs) pickle. Peace out.
1: Peace out. (laughs) Like the Canadians say. Hey. All right. (laughs) I guess we're going to quit it now. (laughs)
0: show jolly
1: good show jolly good show indeed
0: hakuna matata bitches this is the Cinescape movie podcast we thank you for listening to the show and if you have any questions or comments you can email us or tweet us my handle is at joe spiegel underscore joe my handle—that's what I call it. My handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. You can tweet me. At, you can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah,
1: follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet
0: to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on Twitter. Tweeter. You can tweeter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS fifty one
1: fifty. Because I make it easy. Yeah, you do.
0: so uh yeah share, share the show sure the hell out of it
1: share. give her some love i sound like little nick (laughs) have a good night Hmm.
0: this is the end it's the end finito
1: the end i tell you we're all going to nibble the dust
0: or go fuck yourself